0: <muching> okay, well, thank you to Zap Mama for Allo Allo, and Allo to all of you listening out there, whether on the radio or streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. This is Arts Week, and I'm Jeanette de Beauvoir. Sponsored by the Women Innkeepers of Provincetown, Women's Week continues as comics, singers, musicians, and others come to Provincetown and parties, tours, and other activities abound. You can find out what's going on at womensweekprovincetown.com. This weekend is your last chance to cl- to catch the Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theatre and the Harbor Stage Company collaborating to present Harold Pinter's play Betrayal. Inspired by Pinter's own seven-year extramarital affair with BBC presenter Joan Bakewell in the 1960s, Betrayal chronicles an affair between Emma and Jerry, Emma's husband Robert's best friend. Legendary playwright Pinter's story of the illicit affair that unfolds in reverse from The End of a to the first forbidden spark is filled with poetic dialogue, rich humor, and powerful emotions. And you can find out more about that, get times and tickets at what.org. And tonight, here in Provincetown, you can catch the wonderful Zoe Lewis and the bootleggers at the Red Room next to Town Hall. Join Zoe and her gang for a scintillating show full of Prohibition-era hot jazz, bathtub gin, saucy sailors, tons of debonair crooners, fit flappers, feathers, and the gorgeous cigarette girl. And tickets are available at the door. It starts at 10 p.m. Starting on October 19th, you can see Cape Rep's upcoming one-woman show, Trish LaRose, Come On to My House. Inspired by the brilliance of legendary one-woman shows from the likes of Bette Midler and Cheetah Rivera, Trish LaRose weaves story and song into a show filled with heart, sass, and laughs. Backed by a stellar 6 peat Peace Band Trish invites you on a candid eclectic journey about life as a New Yorker, becoming a mother and discovering her inherent connection to Puerto Rico. Times and tickets for the show are as always at caperep.org. And this weekend is the Wellfleet Oyster Fest. Excuse me, offering music, lectures, food, a spelling bee for the kids and of course the main attraction, the oyster shuck-off. And you can find out the whole schedule of that at WellfleetSpat.org, that's Wellfleet, S-P-A-T.org. And also in Wellfleet on Sunday at the Pearl, you can hear Sarah Swain and the O-Boys. They've been together since 2009 playing Sarah's Originals, Rockabilly Classics, and always some unexpected treasures. That's from 3 to 5 p.m. and a great way to round out the Oyster Fest. All uh, right, well, my guest in the studio today, I'm very delighted to have the Artistic Director of the Provincetown Theater with me again, David Drake. Welcome back to Arts Week.
1: Oh, it's great to be back. Thank you, Jeanette.
0: It's a joy to have you. It's been quite a while. I, I look back, I, guess. I saw you were here in March, so that's been a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: for so, the beginning of the season and right. now, and now we're, we're looking at the end of the season and transitioning, transitioning and all that
0: but before we talk about what's upcoming I just want to talk for a minute about Casa Valentina sure um, because you had a first run and then you had a, a second run back by popular demand and I wonder what it is that you attribute that kind of popularity of that particular play to. Oh.
1: it's it's multifaceted. I think. I think the cast was in the community. Uh, uh, there was a large cast, and they all were great. They were perfect. They were great, perfectly cast. And they're all talented in different ways. But somehow, this all kind of came together, and they really grabbed onto those parts and felt very responsible for those those characters in a way that they wanted to share those characters with. Their community and the audience. Secondly, when we talk about the community, I think we have a um, we have a, a, a diverse community. I think the the uh, going in to look at a story about straight guys who put on dresses is a piece of a larger puzzle for us here. You know, with Tall Ships Week has is, has a long history here, but just that piece of. Gender presentation speaks to a lot of people in our community, the LGBTQ community, but also women's community in general, Mm -hmm. because uh, female construction uh, for, uh, for often a patriarchal consumption. Is, uh, is 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 something that doesn't get written about very often, right. and so intelligently, and humorously, and movingly that Harvey Feierstein did. And thirdly, I think Harvey Feierstein himself is a kind of welcome voice up here. Um, he doesn't have that many plays, really. He has a, like a handful of plays. And, and, and mostly known for musicals now. Right. Uh, uh, you know, Kinky Boots and Cage and Hairspray and all these things. So, and I just interviewed him actually at a book fair in Milford, Pennsylvania on stage. It was, it, it you can go and look at it online on our website if you want. I don't say very much. I just say, hi, welcome Harvey. And then he takes <laughs> off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which we, was, <laughs> we love people like that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I was like, okay, I need a long leash on this one, um, but it was a lot of fun. It was promoting his uh, memoir, mm-hmm. and he was out doing a few interviews and stuff anyway, so I think a lot of those pieces, I think also here uh, uh the community really uh, uh, likes uh sort of historical pieces, they're interested in history um we have the psychic uh, uh, uh psychological we have the space emotional and psychically to absorb that um history whereas when you're in your younger years you're not really looking back you're looking forward okay and so when you get to more of a retirement community um or an older community they have more space to look back and evaluate things there's a lot of ingredients but i think the cast with this really good play um that was the first time done up here so it was it was new to people um And that that always uh, invites an embrace, or not always, but is an opportunity to invite an embrace from the community. Um, But yeah, I think it's part of a larger puzzle that we just hadn't ever looked at. You know, it's funny in the play how they are positioning the possibility of of, uh, uh, their equal rights – in the argument of like, well, do we come out as a group in force or do we just stay in in, um, um, the the shadows? You know, do we come out or not come out for our beliefs and politicize those, in a sense? Uh, That is something very familiar, I think, up here, people in terms of talking with this, again, this community that has has those uh, a lot of that history in it, but not in that way. So it flipped it in a way. and then we look at the way gay rights happened or women's rights happened and black rights happened, but it didn't happen for this little community, which in the LGBT community, we also buried the trans aspect, uh, whether it's transvestite or transgender which are two separate things, and they distinguish it in the show, which was another piece of like, oh, we're parsing this out so we can understand it, this larger picture better rather than dumping it all into one category, which is what the 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 gay rights movement has done. They sort of buried that part, made other things acceptable up front, so get to marriage, get to these equal rights things, and then we'll deal with the trans people later And now we're having that conversation. I think the play was ahead of its time, and it was 10 years old, but I think 10 years ago when we had Obama, it was just a different world. We thought we had won the culture wars, and we discovered that we hadn't. But we didn't know that at the time, and I think people are taking these issues of gender, non-binary, and gender presentation more seriously, especially in our community, because we're ahead of the curve, we're more liberal ahead of the curve than other parts of the country, which is you know, going on in this tear of our nation, which leads to something else we're doing later this season, what the Constitution means to me, as a way to embrace this document of democracy, and it's flawed, but how do we embrace it and use it to bring us together, to heal us, to bring us together, and that's what that play is about. Um so yeah I think a lot of those pieces came together at a moment in our history and in our community that we had the space to allow it to be and to take it seriously and and I'm, I'm and it was so popular we we did bring it back um Which with, must
0: be exciting It period. was
1: I mean the cast wanted to bring it back they were very mm, what's the word enthusiastic about presenting that piece you know I I always feel that Janet like As an actor, I felt it, as a director, and as a producer, I have felt that if you believe in the story you're telling and you really love it, um, it's a pleasure just to do. You want to give it away. Because I think of when we do plays or musicals, whatever we do at our theater, that uh, it's an act of generosity to the audience. The audience comes, they pay down money, and then they come and sit down and they say, give me a story. Give me something that's of value. And so my job is to create that dynamic with a story that's worth the value to give to you, to respect you, not to teach you something, not to not to withhold from you like, oh, you're not smart enough. You don't get this. I hate that. I hate And a when, lot of plays tend to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there are, uh, where snark passes as right, wit. right. And it's like, well, if you don't get it, you just don't understand. And I'm like- no, 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 That's no good, guys. That's you're, now you're acting out on the audience, or you're asking them to um, to uh, uh, see you, or, or 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 something with you that you need from them as a writer, or an actor, or a giver. But it's not. And, and and when you get someone like Harvey, who's been writing for 50 years, you know, you you get somebody who has been in the flow of how to give to an audience, how to give to an audience, how to give to an audience. And it's just second nature to someone like that. Um, so when you get a great writer, then you are you are in the hands of someone who says, I respect you. I I, I respect you. And I I want to give you something that will make you better or expand you or heal you or witness you or whatever whatever the uh, the piece may be that you take from it right i mean you you had a good time at casa valentina what did you take away from that
0: I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was gorgeous in honoring people that, as you say, have been in the shadows that no group has wanted to own, so to speak, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because they're straight, because they dress as women, you know, because because of all these things that make them not fit into these tidy little boxes. um, I just I cried.
1: To good be honest,
0: I cried during it.
1: Um Yeah, and the performances were so good. I mean
0: spectacular.
1: Laura and I mean all of them. I, I, I hate to pick out anybody because they all had these moments that were just, you know, like Polly Haley and oh, just beautiful I moments. Aunt. I had an
0: aunt who looked just like Polly Haley, and I just kept looking. I in.
1: loved him with the glasses. <laughs> with the
0: glasses, the cat, And the, cat, the
1: cocktail cat. dress. Yeah, that
0: yeah, was so grand. All right, well, let's move into the future then so you can tell us what's upcoming because I find it very interesting that Tom Hewitt is coming. Back to Provincetown. Yes, he is. And he's doing a one man show at the same time that Trish LaRose is doing a one woman show after they were together in Sweeney Todd here in Provincetown Theater. I think the timing is pretty amazing. I know,
1: but they can't see each other. They can't see
0: each other. Oh,
1: I know. I I saw that we have cards out on the tables for Trish's show down at uh, Cape Rep. Uh, Come on to my house. And she will be singing in hers and telling stories, but Tom will not be singing. Okay. But he will be using a variety of voices in this play that was written for him and on him by Aaron Mark, who's a writer, uh, who's a playwright and a television writer. Now, he has a series on Amazon called The Horror of Dolores Roach. Okay. And it's a funny, scary kind of piece. And it's based on one of the monologues that this this monologue that Tom's going to do is a part of. Uh, Aaron has uh, three monologues and one was written for Tom uh, it's a horror monologue called Another Medea <clears throat> pardon me one is written by uh, 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 for Tom Another Medea and one was written for Daphne Rubin Vega and that was the horror of Dolores Roach you can get them on um, Audible okay. too, these things um, and the other one is, um, oh, 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 oh Allison Frazier. It's a vampire piece. I can't remember the title of it. But Aaron is, is a horror writer and he writes movie scripts and TV scripts and they're all horror oriented. And this one is the first of the three. And the, the one in the middle is the one that got picked up for a TV show. So it incorporates those things. And they, they're psychological horror. It's not film horror. Mm-hmm. It's not a supernatural horror. It's internal psychological horror. Um, the horrors that we do, which is what Medea does. Which is does. pretty scary. Right, right, exactly. When you start venturing into the psyche. And Tom plays an actor character named Marcus Sharp who falls for – it's a gay character and he falls for – so it's a gay Medea. Yes, gay people kill children Uh, in this piece. (laughs) So if you know Euripides' play at all, even a passing reference to it, you know that it has a uh, a bloody – Horrifying and you know psychological implosion of a character yeah. at the end, and he falls for this doctor with these children, and it's he does all these voices and characters, or the, as Tom would say, like the actor does those voices and characters, which means he, he and, and he does, and it's really entertaining and it's scary, and you'll sweat at the end if, if that kind of thing scares you. Um,
0: so every time Tom comes to Provincetown, he kills. People, yeah, he apparently. kills people. Okay, uh, well,
1: he, he has a, a long reputation for this. You know, he played Dracula on Broadway. Um, Hades in Hades Town. He just finished nine months on Broadway in that. And he had said to me when we were doing Sweeney, he goes, you know, I have this monologue thing. I'd love to do it sometime here. So here we are.
0: Here We are wonderful yeah. and that's coming up
1: that's coming up uh um October 20th through the 29th and it's just the weekends it's only six performances so um get
0: your tickets get your
1: tickets yeah come it's gonna be really entertaining and if if you're squeamish about those kinds of things then skip it you know uh but if you like that kind of thing or you're up for that kind of thing please come I think you'll 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 have a great time super, Mwah. super. <laughs> Well, it's the season for it. This it's was, the season for it. Right. You know, right. I, that's what made me think of it. I thought, well, how can we – we were going to do this immersive haunted house kind of uh, thing, but it, it needed more development. And so we, we pushed it aside to develop it further and understand uh, uh, financially how to do it and really construct it so that it is sound. Um, and so we, I wanted to replace it with something that spoke to October. The season, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so – or later, more towards Halloween. And then after that, we have Ann Stott and William Mullen in – well, he has a a secondary character and a a new student uh, from Up Cape. And I I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But uh, she's new to our theater. And we're doing this play, What the Constitution Means to Me, by Heidi Schreck. Which is a, a, a wonderful, beautiful piece that and I just saw. And how earlier.
0: timely! How timely well, could it be. Well,
1: I hope so. It's not again. I, I want to. I look at it as a community conversation. You know, it was kind of presented on Broadway. We just had a marketing meeting on it yesterday, and it was kind of presented as a star vehicle for this new voice. And we're at a different place than it was written five years ago, and even that fast, you know. So I, I, I think we are having this this real life conversation about what does the, the Constitution to each mean? each of us. Like, right. wait, 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 before we throw it away, you know, what is it? You know, like let's unpack some pieces of it, and this play does in a way that becomes very personal to the character of Heidi that Anne is playing, and 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 she, how she relates it to her own family of women, her own uh, grandmothers, and the pioneer people that she comes from. This the character of Heidi, so you get to see what does an immigrant mean, and then what do the children of immigrant and the grandchildren of immigrant. Does it mean in the Constitution? And also to women. You know, there's shadowy figures in the Constitution as well. So it's a, it's a really beautiful piece for all of us. I, I think of it that way, that it's gathering us to celebrate and deepen the, our, our love and understanding and empowerment from the Constitution itself. And it's funny. It has a lot of jokes in it. I mean, not like Harvey Firestein's jokes, but <laughs> but there are funny... Anecdotes and stories, and there's moving stuff in it as well, and painful stuff. It's you know theater, <laughs> my kind of theater at least.
0: So that's that's tell us the dates for that. And Just that so starts
1: yeah uh, November sixteenth, okay, and it runs Thursday through Sundays uh, until December third. So it's three weekends, and there's no performance on Thanksgiving. Okay. But there are performances that weekend. So if you're in town for that weekend or you're around and you're looking for something for you and your family or your loved ones or your grandma or whatever to do, come come, come see the show. Yeah. We're there.
0: And you can find out more about it and get times and tickets at org. That's correct. right. All right. So – just before the show, we were talking about all the things that have been going on, you know, um, in terms of the, the way that you have to um, run a theater mm-hmm. here in Provincetown and all the moving parts. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering what it is that inspires you to keep doing this, because you've, you've come in you know, you, 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 really turned this theater around and I'm not trying to, to flatter you. You, you, mm-hmm. you really have. Um, it has become a very different place than it was 10 years ago. And, um, that's a huge amount of work.
1: I guess so. I mean, I,
0: I, I <laughs> okay. Maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> no, no. It, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's easy. I don't know. <laughs>
1: it is again, I'm back to sort of like, I believe in it. I believe in the purpose of the theater itself. Um, I've always believed in live theater, live performance as being an exciting and energizing piece of my uh, entertainment uh, uh, nourishment, or so to speak. You know, so the way some people think, oh, you know, they have to have music playing all the time, or they have to uh, see movies every night, or they're hooked on a particular TV show, or you know, whatever that is that keeps you uh, balanced and um, feeling good about. The world, or yourself, or whatever, uh, but I just I believe in the medium, so I, I like the congregational aspect of it. I like the kind of like oh, it's an event, feeling, um, but it it is it is a a hard job, and I think uh, I think the uh, again the the community up here on the Outer Cape and the Cape in general, but certainly Provincetown and the Outer Cape wants that. They want a place to congregate to see a story that means something to them. And um, unlike any other town on the Cape, unlike any other town on the Cape, that uh, we have this long history of it up here, uh, this long pattern of behavior, this traffic of going to see shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about like legit plays and musicals, which is what I do when you say' legit, just sort of like traditional you know theater p- theater with plays and actors playing characters, et cetera um and that that isn't satirical because i i i've I shy away from uh satire and pastiche work because I feel like the the clubs downtown uh take care of that, yeah. A- in a beautiful and funny and fresh way, they always do. There's, there's no. That's what I mean about the, this. We're unique out here. You're not going to find like this many venues and this much talent of this a performative nature in any other town on the Cape, any other town. You don't go to Truro to see, you know, Miss Richfield. You know, it just <laughs> it doesn't exist unless you. I, I
0: was trying to put like Chatham together with Miss. Yeah, Richfield. exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, but those people will come here, right? To see those things because they associate it with this place where they Mm. get fed that stuff. And that's part of our job here is to feed those people that nourishment. Right. Right. And so I I like that. But, yeah, pulling it together, we have more staff members than we've ever had, uh, more subscriptions than we've ever had. And coming in five years ago, uh, I've reached a lot of goals and I'm trying to reset goals for the next five years, which is stability. I wanted stability quality. Um, I wanted uh, the doors to be unlocked to people in the community in in, in the best of my ability um, and to grow it that way. But stability really helped. If you say you're going to do something, that you do it and you keep delivering the things that you say you're going to do so people can count on you. That's the thing. that, that, that The theater had a reputation before that it built a reputation it was um, that was uh, uh, irresponsible to its audience. And it wasn't that people had such terrible experiences there. Contrary, actually. They weren't having bad experiences. They just couldn't count on it really being there. And the experiences were also very lopsided. And so to... I wanted to straighten that. You have to straighten that out. And the best way to straighten that out is to hire a manager for it. And then they have a vision. And that's me. I sort of came in and said, okay, here's the vision. This is what we're going to do. Now let's congregate around that idea. And we have. And then you can build from there. And that was really American plays and consistency of American plays and big plays about things that were important up here, like Casa Valentina Mm -hmm. or this Newfangled version of the Fantastics that we did last summer, um, which was very successful, and it was both for straight people and gay people, men and women, children. Were come, you know, it was great. It was fun. It was a musical, and um, and I, and I, I, I like that. I like bringing those pieces together. I, I, I'm a, I'm a gatherer, you know. I guess is my nature, um, and so I'm. It's the right position for me, I guess.
0: You've partially answered this, but but. Um, as you as you look forward to like the next i don't know season or the next mm-hmm, year mm-hmm. what do you how do you choose the balance you know you've got musicals you've got mm. plays you've got you know individual playwrights coming in and doing things um how How do you make those decisions and and how does how does your knowledge of the community um inform that
1: oh i'm constantly working my head is always going you know like there's for instance there's been a lot of uh in the last couple of years new energy that's come in performatively with uh downtown the new owners of the crown and anchor new owners of the gifford the expansion of ideas at the commons you know and they're younger and they're different uh and uh and so I've been looking at, like, how does that energy shift the energy and where do we fit back into that, um, where for many years it was pretty consistent. You know, I mean, the the ebb and flow of the town was pretty consistent, but there's been a kind of new queer energy that's uh, come, come forward, and that's a good thing. And it satisfies a certain com- part of the community, and I've been realizing more and more that we are different pieces of a larger community. And, there, and age has a lot to do with age it. Age
0: has a whole lot to do with it. Yeah. Age
1: and responsibility, and what you need as an artist at different times in your life. Again, um, uh, there are times when you need people to see you, to look at you, so that you can feel validated, right? Um, and show off that. And then over time, to me, that changes to say, oh, I have something oh, I do have something, so now I'm going to give something. So I feel like we're at a time when there's a lot of artists who are discovering who they their own identities. They don't have a vocabulary for themselves yet, and they're discovering it here, and that's true of this town. That's true of the history of, of theatrical presentation here. That's where the Provincetown Players came in. They were really putting ideas on stage in the American stage that had not been placed on stage in America. They were doing women's ideas, suffragette ideas, all, all of this uh, anarchy, if you will. And it was looked at as experimental. We would look at it today as mainstream you know, network right. television. So, uh, but that had to grow, and it grew out of their acclaiming space. Right. So um, and Black Lives Matters changed that, too, in terms of claiming space in the arts, giving, uh, uh, seeking uh, new people to come in to tell their stories, to, exp- uh, to cl- explore collaboration with each other, which in a new way and in a way that wasn't I'm I know better. You don't. It wasn't. It was more circular and um, which is hard to manage, Jeanette. I mean, Management in a circular place where you're working with creative people is challenging when you're creating new things. Um, When you're doing a traditional play, for instance, uh, it's like a team, like a sport. There's a position for everything on the team, and that's what you do. You all play together nicely, but you are... Uh, uh, the tight end, so to speak, <laughs> or or the quarterback or, you know, the, that, that kind of... Thing. So you have different roles that you're playing. And you have the stage manager, you have the director, you have the musical director, you have the lighting designer, you have the set designer. And those people are the experts in their little field. And they all come together under the director to tell the collective vision. And that's how I work. It's like, oh, we have those discussions, we work on it. They bring their ideas. I organize that um and 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 go forward so uh th- that's where we're at right now but uh yeah i i, I don't know <laughs> that's, a good, that's a really good answer okay i don't know <laughs> well david
0: drake i'm so glad that we had this chance to chat and, oh yeah um, me too thank you so i hope much. the fall is wonderful and we'll have you back on the show yeah and then there'll be the
1: holiday show at the end of the year Yeah, the towny holiday extravaganza.
0: We'll have you on to chat about that (laughs) (laughs) for sure.
1: At the weekend before Christmas. There
0: you go. Thanks so much for being my guest on Arts Week, and thanks to everybody out there for listening in. Um, This is Jeanette Beauvoir. It's been Arts Week on W O M R, and we'll see you next time.
1: should